Wizards and warriors, you are Kuros, the Night Warrior, hero of the Books of Excalibur. Your journey begins deep within the woods of Elrond, where even the wind obeys the supreme wizard, Malkil. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. And I'm Sean. And today we are talking about... Wizards and Warriors. Nice. Great job. <laughs> Sean really wanted to go like, all in. But I, I don't think he expected it. I you guys, always be ready for you that. You guys clearly did band at some point in your life, because when I conducted that, you guys were with That's it. That's true. Yeah, I played alto That's saxophone. True. It's not a big deal. Trumpet, you know, it's trumpet. Really, you know what's yeah. funny? You both look like those instruments. You know when, what? Like, I, I take offense. It looks like a trumpet. <laughs> I, what about you? No, no. I play trombone. Did, trombone. Uh, so, oh, you look yeah. like a trombone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think what I meant to say was you look like you would have played those I, instruments. I, I, I you know? that, still yeah. take offense. I think the only other instrument I would have had for Joe was drummer. Hmm. You you could look like you played yeah, the drums. Trumpet or drummer? Yeah. Trumpets, you know, it's like, that's a very, like, anybody almost. Yeah. It's a wow. trumpet player. Yeah, I'm just like, kind of like a nobody. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got it. So that's why I added Actually, on drummer yeah. as, like, a nice thing, you know? Yeah. And, and Sean could have also been, like, a cymbals guy. But the symbols. <laughs> just symbols. Triangle. Just I feel like Sean's like a triangle guy. Ding. Uh, guys, Wizards and Warriors, did you know it was made by a little company we like to call Rare? Yes. Yeah, Rare, uh, you know, makers of Banjo-Kazooie, GoldenEye, um, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. <laughs> <laughs> uh Perfect Dark, Zero Hour, I don't even know. I don't think <laughs> list them all. List them all. Uh, it sounds like one. Battletoads. Mm. Yes. Um, we'll Killer Instinct. That. Nice. Okay. Uh, conquers Bad Fur Day. Mm-hmm. Sure. And the other one. That's uh, true. Conquers Worser Fur Day. <laughs> Worcester. 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 Honestly, that sounds like a good game. Uh, so, Does so it? Rare makes games, but we already know we like them because the only other game we've played from them is a little game called Slalom. Don't even mention this. And Slalom is... Slalom is currently an essential game. It is. It's quite it? controversial. In <laughs> yeah. these it, is, it is controversial. To it make it even game. more interesting, Wizards and Warriors is the very last game in 1987. So next week we'll be doing our best of 87 episode where we kind of like do a whole review of the year, how we felt, what we're looking forward to, and then name our top five games of the uh, of 1987, we do this for yeah. 86 and 85 as well. You could go back and check those episodes out. They're so very comprehensive. It's a lot of fun. Get so, get hype. So get hype, uh, and also you know feel free to send in your thoughts as well. Yeah, you know we we always like yeah. hearing give about what top, people think give us your top of their picks. top five. Yeah. Also, just one thing to throw out there is that we might restructure the essential games list. We've been talking about it a few times. I think there's, there's so we might rig we the electoral college. <laughs> yeah. So if you're concerned about the elections, uh, don't talk to us. We can't, we can't change them. But if you're concerned about the essential games list, you can write in about that for sure. Faux show. But by the time you've heard this episode to write in, we will have already recorded the You don't know episode. that. Yeah, you know, I mean, he does know I that do, as yes. a matter of fact, oh, but, well, but they don't know that. They don't know that. <laughs> I just don't want them to think we're not listening to them when they It's a when running gag that this show flows, <laughs> it ebbs and woes between time. Okay? Yeah, yeah. We recorded these back in the back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is actually our first time playing them, but we still pick them all up on release day. Right. <laughs> 
So Wizards and Warriors, developed by Rare. It's their second game, and it comes to America before it goes to Japan. So huh. that's kind of rare. I think that's uh, <laughs> you didn't even know. <laughs> no, I did like a that's pretty rare. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. I appreciate my I got like a fan base. Yeah, that was, well, this is because we were in band. We were in yeah. unison. Like yeah, that. it was. It was like you yeeted. <laughs> that's really cool. And another thing about this game, uh, and the only other timbit I really have about Rare, is that they used graph paper for this game, and then would type in all the data. You know who else did that? Nintendo. They did yeah. that for Super Mario Brothers and, and for Legend Kid of Zelda. Icarus, right? Didn't we Kid talk Icarus, about that? Yeah. yep. So apparently there were better ways to do it by 1987, but Rare, you know, is a small company at this point. It's the two brothers are running it. They only afford paper, no computers. Yeah, yeah I'm just thinking, like, yeah, like that's probably what happened. <laughs> they sent actually. in they, the game as a book. They just had probably one computer, and they were like, uh, nobody can do that. Nobody can touch that yeah. while we're working on the It was like paper. a choose-your-own-adventure. It was like, if you want to go left, turn to page 30. <laughs> if you want to jump, turn to page 50. <laughs> you joke, but there will be a section later that will never sound more relevant than that sound. <laughs> Wow. Uh, and then Feel also, free to reuse it. Yeah. Acclaim uh, is the publisher on this one. They're just hopping on everybody's boat lately. Yeah. They seem to be publishing Acclaim. all sorts of stuff. So that that's all I have on the development side. Can I get some first impressions on Wizards and Warriors? I wouldn't say that I, I felt the same about this game as I do about Deadly Towers, but this felt like a Deadly Towers to me. Not not in the not in the gameplay, not in the uh, the setting. But it it just had this vibe to it um, that I we'll we'll get into later. Great, Joe. I was excited to see that it seemed like it was going. It was trying to be an adventure that had a lot of different environments, and you feel like you're going. I know I've mentioned before that I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, where it feels like I'm really going through all these landscapes and getting to the castle and making my way there. And it did seem like that. That was what they're going for. So I was pumped. Yeah, great. And I mean. How about that uh, opening music? How about it? <laughs> I, I thought it was great. That was my first impression. I was you, like, you, oh, you're it's... talking about menu music? Or, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. When you first I'm not sure like, I remember it. Oh, it's really, yeah, trust me. People yeah. love this song. Grammy. I, I heard about it, but uh, when, I, when I booted up the game, I was like, wow, that actually is very impressive. <laughs> and it's done other by none other than, wow, it's done by none other than David Weiss, who um. has done a lot of. Uh, music in all video games, not just rare stuff, but is mostly known for his Donkey Kong Country stuff that people still rave about. So anyway, the, my first impression beyond the music thing is also, I, I didn't get a Deadly Towers feel for this, but I also knew how well regarded, I mean, this is a trilogy of games, Wizards and Warriors, just on the NES, so it is a big series and a lot of people love it. I didn't fall in love with this game on first impressions. Okay, uh, it, it, The first thing I do in a game is is attack. Yeah. You know, I, that's like, I, I just automatically go on the offensive. In any video game I have, I have to figure out how to kill everything else. Exactly. That's what and, video games are for. And I hated attacking in this game. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that, yeah. So uh, that was my first impression was, wow, I'm really not loving this. So Wizards and Warriors comes with what I would consider not a manual, but a booklet. Yeah. Uh, 23 yeah. pages, a full story, and then some. Uh Basically, a whole bestiary. How do you say that? Bestiary. Bestiary. Uh, a whole like you get to see everything in the game. Pretty much, there's really nothing they're hiding from you. You can see every kind of power up you'll get, every item in in immense detail too. What every single thing is worth in terms of points. <laughs> um, even like nice little tips and secrets and stuff like that. 
but I believe we have some things that we want to talk about uh, in in specifics. Yeah. So, Sean, what do you what do you have specifics to talk about? So, I love it when a manual gets into the world um when it could be mistaken for a document from that world. Okay. Um I like to think of uh I mean the first thing that pops into my head is uh Twisted Metal Black. Uh the the manual for Twisted Metal Black was like a bunch of medical records from a psych ward. That was cool. Um but it also had a bunch of like clear information and all the other stuff was sort of uh uh, adjacent. It was okay. stuff that you could ignore if you were just looking for the controls or something. Whereas this is just the whoever wrote this manual was writing the book first <laughs> and just assumed that like as long as he put in a couple references to like the how you played the game that it was enough. But I think this guy has wanted to be a novelist, but he got stuck making these manuals <laughs> and was really angry about it. So he made us read this. 70-page uh, opera. Right, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> as much as some of it is absurd, I definitely feel like, as a kid, this would have been like the manual I'm reading in the car on the way home. I'm like, there's yeah. so much in there. There's, there's story in there. I would have been <laughs> such a sucker for it. This is much needed, actually, in terms of like including story in games on the NES. There's just something to be said about the people who read these things on the car ride home, and yeah, this essentially true. is filled with spoilers. You know, for a game for a game that is essentially like 50 minutes long if you're good at it. Yeah, you know, like it would take a, a first time player a lot longer yeah. than that, but you can you can play through it in 50 minutes in total, <laughs> and you're you're basically like reading what's happening in like I mean, it talks about the castle. Just yeah. the very last level in the yeah. game, but it is on the map when you see that you're going to a castle, right? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I think it's just like the way that it's the way that it, things are talked about is with a a little too much detail for me because it yeah. even continues on too to to talk about like you know the many lives of Kuros and the warriors' white magic, and then there's also this call to action at the end of like the time is upon thee. She's waiting, and time is short, and it's like there's no timer in this game. There's no, like you could you could do whatever you want. I, I just think that I would be more appreciated if it was written better, because the, I just need to read this, this segment. Yeah, please. The kingdom of Elrond is riddled with obstacles, both alive, unalive, and even undead. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what unalive and undead, what's the difference what's, between the what two? What is an unalive thing? Like, unalive is it just dead, dead things. Yeah, regular like, old dead things. Alive, dead, and undead. That makes about, so much more sense. Okay, no, I think I get it, actually. Unalive things are like things that were never yeah, alive like to begin. Yeah. yeah, a table. But if you're going to refer it. <laughs> there are rocks. Okay, this table that we're currently sitting around is not unalive because it was never alive. Well, maybe, what is this? This is It was never yeah, alive. Sure. So like, yeah. It's like anti-alive. It's, it's just not alive. <laughs> yeah, non-alive. <laughs> I guess I'm. We're getting into linguistics sure. now. I don't. No, 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 I, no I think I, I think you're right. Though. It's definitely a weird sentence. We're <laughs> just busting your. Job. And my eyes immediately glanced to that section. I had no idea what you were about to say, but I was just scrolling through it. For some reason, there's something about yeah, it draws you unalive in. being on like two separate breaks. You know that like just all of a sudden you catch your eyes. You're like, no, nah, it can't be. If we're gonna get to like little tiny things. Let me. I mean, not that that's a tiny, but but uh, one that I noticed, I just thought was funny. It's just now I'm just being like a bully to the person who wrote this yeah but uh he does say um inside the castle are a series of mazes each more complicated than the next meaning that they get easier 
as you go. Each more complicated. <laughs> Each more complicated than the next. Yeah. Okay. So this the is... hardest one is what you're going to start with. <laughs> it's obviously just like I a, never a, noticed a, that. Typo or this whatever. Is, but... this is, if you're being a bully, I'm just being a straight up jerk here. But there's something very funny to me about when, when it does finally break that wall and just starts showing you the controller and like goes into all these things. It's like to move right or left, press the controller right or left. To crouch, press the controller down. To jump for a diagonal jump. To levitate, it's like, wait, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> like, well, you had me with walking right and left, yeah. crouching, jumping. It's like everything you could ever do. There's, there's something else in there too. That's uh, let me scroll down to it here. But there's something else uh, in the control section that's like, oh, to restart the game, press start again. And I was like, what is it talking about? It just means when you pause the game to, <laughs> yeah. to start again, like not to restart the game. Uh, so that's that a treasure trove. But the whole I, thing. I, but speaking of kind of going into the um, technical side of things, I did find it funny off of the like intense, like epic intro my, in my head. I'm reading that in like an epic voice. And the very next thing is preparing for your quest. I'm still reading this epic voice. Make sure the power switch is off. <laughs> Insert Wizards and Warrior cartridge as described in your Nintendo Entertainment System <laughs> manual. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, turn the power switch on. To start, push the start button on Player One's controller. Have we ever had a game that exp- that told us how to put the game into I, the NES? I think is, they all do. I don't do think they? This, I, don't I don't think. I, don't never th- I know that, that there are certain things like don't leave it on for right. a certain amount yeah. of time and stuff like that, but like. This is the kind of thing that is like we need to put this in the instructions because in the event of an apocalypse when <laughs> when, when when civilization rebuilds yeah. they'll need these kind of right. instructions to understand we'll need to and they know call how. it preparing for your quest like it's like a canonical part of the story is, is putting the cartridge in <laughs> it's the very meta of them. They, I'm actually surprised that before preparing for your quest there wasn't like a little section on how to read you know and like just explaining yeah. like words should be read from left to right how to buy the game. <laughs> I'm sure that was included at some Funko Land or something like that. Anyway, uh, that's enough of the manual, right, guys? Does anybody else have anything more? Nothing else. All right, perfect. So now we're going to talk about the objective, okay? And I I will personally walk you through this, all right? As we mentioned in my when I was reading the back of the box, you're the hero, Kuros. The princess has been captured by the evil wizard Malkil in the castle Iron Spire, and you have to go through the forest of Elrond to get to the castle... But, Mike, how do you do that? Well, it's simple. you got to explore the levels, obtain the three keys, and have enough gems to get to the end of each level. So is this the first or a very early example of a collectathon? Oh, I've never really thought about that. Mm. Okay. Are collectathons... Like what? What's an example of one now? Sure. Um, well, Super Mario Odyssey is like an idea oh, okay. of a collectathon because yeah, you have to keep right. getting all the moons and stuff like that to progress. The idea here is that you have you need a certain amount of gems to unlock yes. like things uh, yeah, within air, yeah. the level, and then you need the three keys to get to uh, to unlock the to basically get to the damsel in distress. And then that's how you get to the end of the level. Or essentially, you need the three keys to get to the boss fight. Right. I guess this is the first example. So I, I just think that's really neat because Rare is known for those collectathons. They did Banjo-Kazooie. They did um, Diddy Kong Racing. We went through the rest of them in the beginning. Uh, in the beginning, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're known for that, but then Super Mario 64 popularized uh, collectathons and stuff. 
So I wouldn't say this is like, you know, there's no there's no necessarily like tally at the end of the game that says like yeah. you acquired this many gems. But it's still in many ways yeah. an idea of just the base ex- explore the level. Mechanic, yeah. You don't have to get every single thing in the level, which I appreciate. Most but of them though. You have to get most of them, yeah. But the idea of just like Here's the level. Go and find the things that you need and then move on. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. you don't need to uh, defeat every enemy. You don't need to um, like the keys aren't actually locked behind anything. They're just hidden. You just have to throughout. find them. Yeah, exactly. You have to find them. any further though we we do need to talk about the controls of the game because i i think this is where the game falls apart immediately sean do you want to walk us through your um your gameplay situation yeah i don't know if it's so much the control scheme itself the control scheme is pretty basic it's um you know b is attack or a is i don't know i think b is attack a is jump yeah b is attack a is jump uh, your jump is very Mario in which, you know, you can control it in midair. It's, it's got enough floatiness to it. So it's not the base controls. It's so, it's more the, the animation and like the actual act of attacking. Because I think that this game is the closest it's ever gotten to the player character wielding a sword in the same way that I would. Because it doesn't so much like attack or slash. It's more just sort of wiggles it yeah. around in it's front just, of him. He just like lets things bump into the sword. <laughs> yeah. like, I, I've never played a game with such like a uh, a fruitless attack animation. But I, I feel like that only matters f- until you get the knife. And then I never use the sword well, again. Well, sure. I mean, it, it yeah. like, you know, it, the you get the little projectile throw, yeah. with it. But... It it just feels so toothless. Yeah. It's funny. I never though. feel yeah. like I'm actually a threat. Yeah. In no, this I think game. you're definitely right because I actually until you guys are talking about this, kind of forgot how the sword controlled at all because I was never inclined to use it again once I got that throwing knife. Like that was my primary. And not not only that, your, your jump does also count as an attack yeah. as well. So I was mostly using that if we're being honest, yeah. uh, just attacking things from above me because. While this game is both vertical and horizontal in, in exploration, it, it's a lot more vertically it, it focused. More, yeah. So, yeah. so I was just using that to attack things above me. Or if you if you're skilled enough with it, you can hurt almost anything while you're yeah. jumping with the sword. And it's weird because he's like he's doing like a pencil dive, but he has his <laughs> yeah. knife out like diagonal, so it winds up taking a lot of things out. But the actual sword fight enemy animation thing of you is is exactly how Sean is describing it. It's this small little like wiggle of a yeah. sword and I feel like the hitbox range is is realistic to what the guy is doing, but I can't help but feel like if he would just <laughs> yeah, lunge just, his sword yeah. out a little, more things would be taken care of. It was right. the opposite of a power trip. The the, the way that this character yeah. controls. <laughs> right. And, and the levels themselves, exploration-wise, how, how did you feel about that? I, so I, I felt like design of the environment was cool. That was the first thing that stood out to me. But design of the level itself felt not particularly uh, deliberate, like, it, like we it, yeah. see in a lot of other games. And I think that's 
I know it's it wasn't the worst defender of this by a long shot, but I think a lot of times we have a problem when there's like enemies kind of appear at what seems like a random time, and especially when you're in that like oh, that like forest level in the beginning, there's just there's just enemies everywhere, yeah. and it's it's a little it's a little much. What but, happened at that forest level? Can we talk about that for a minute? Because there's all these stumps. Like yeah. all over the place, <laughs> yeah. right? That look like they're in varying ranges right. of the third dimension. You know, like some look further away from you. Some look like they're right next to each other. But as long as it's got a platform on that stump, you can land on it. So is my character also jumping like backwards? Uh, yeah, backwards yeah. to land on some of these. Yeah, it's got a very strange perspective. And um, and like the more, in a more general sense, though, I think that the reliance on a more at least in this level uh because i didn't play too many more <laughs> uh the reliance on the verticality i think hindered this game because there are only i i don't i don't know how many screens wide this level is but most of what you have to do is just jumping and jumping and if you miss you fall back down and it's it's just a, a an act of frustration navigating this level Especially when you might just jump through a door you didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can no, continue. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. Uh, just, no, just a, a clarification of that is that they don't act like screens. It actually is free flowing. You can, yes. like, you know, it's not. Um, it's not like when you get to the end of the screen, yeah, it, it has scrolls. To scroll. It, it, mm-hmm. it just does that seamlessly. But to completely agree with Sean's point. The verticality is only weird because the jumping in this game. I was kind of surprised to hear it be referred to like Mario. Yes, it's Mario in the sense that like. You can control while you're in yeah, air, which is nice. Not, yeah, but the actual like landing areas for a lot of the yeah. things in this game, regardless of if it's like a tree branch or a little piece of a rock inside of a cave, a lot of those things are very small and easily missed, and yes. then you yeah. do fall back to the beginning of the level. Yeah. This which being seems like a, sorry, it seems like a I don't know what the the rule is for that because I feel like sometimes You'll when I was fall falling, through, I could, yeah, I could hit a platform and land and stop myself, but other times I just fall straight through. And I, I don't think know there's what the... a certain there's actually a certain amount that you can fall before right. you just start free right. falling. I know what you're talking yeah. about. And the free falling, seemingly, then you fall back to the beginning. But sometimes in free fall, I was interrupted by a platform that saved me. Oh, okay. So I don't know why what triggers that. The, the rules of movement in this yeah. game just seem very yeah. haphazard. But yes, yeah. But and I, I, and I think like the verticality thing would have been interesting if. Like the things that you needed to collect didn't um didn't like go away once you had collected them because then that would be like oh okay well I'm back down here but at least I can find like new things to collect once you've gotten every single gem at the bottom when you fall back down to the bottom now it's like okay cool I just gotta go climb this whole thing again well I think yeah. that regeneration of those things could just cause you to break the game absolutely right. yeah. I, I, I'm actually not saying that it's a valid point yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that it kind of stinks when you fall and there's nothing yeah. now it's just literally the only thing to do is yeah. to climb back up to the yeah. top um, yeah and I will say I think you're kind of saying this but I just want to articulate that I, I think that the jump itself feels good I think that the problem is that the platforms the are poorly designed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think the jump, mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why people say it's like Mario. I know that when, when Mario lands, he takes like a few steps. And we've talked about how that gives him weight. Yeah. yeah. And I feel that in this game. But if you have that weight and you move a few steps and you land and there's one pixel to land on, <laughs> that makes it very difficult. Yeah. Right. And this is most annoying, uh, just to continue on that first level when you're climbing through the trees and stuff. There's... Besides all the weird stumps all around, there's also these perfect doors inside the trees that, like, who knows how those got there. But you go inside the trees then, and those are entirely vertical levels yeah. where 
they're all filled with just little stumps that like it, it kind of reminds me of Metroid. Yeah. When when you're in like a very vertical area and it's like if you fell the wrong way, you'd have to climb your way back to do that, which is fine in Metroid. For some reason it's not fine here because in Metroid the whole idea is like you're in this cave yeah. and stuff like that. For the for for this, it's like I'm um, really just climbing yeah. a tree. You, you feel more <laughs> of a sense of space in Metroid, in the sense that you like you know where you are, and you've gotten familiar with the map, and you like the and map. And it's actually like a handmade design of like enemy placement. Right. Whereas in this, like if you can, you can't catch your breath because if you fall, you, you'll get attacked by some bees or whatever, and then you get rid of the bees, and you're like, okay, now I can finally start making my way up, and more bees come. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and if it's not the bees, bees. <laughs> if it's not bees, it's spiders. Yeah. Uh, bees are in that final tree of this level. I know what you're talking about. There's randomly just like all of a sudden bees showing up before the the first boss, which is just a giant floating skull. Uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. So the the other thing to mention about exploration, though, is that this might be the least punishing game of all time yes. in the other respect, where yeah. it's like, I just wish that if I would have fell from a blinding height, that it would just kill me, <laughs> because then <laughs> yeah. at least I would respawn immediately where I yeah. started, because that's exactly what happens whenever you die. You respawn exactly yeah. where you should be. Where you died. Yeah, where yeah. you died, right? And you have unlimited continues. Yeah. So this now is... I'm on the fence about the, that lack of punishment, because I usually I like the sort to be like a, a good middle ground. But I think that because this game has that like jankiness, I was I was trying to figure this out earlier. I was like, what? I think that made for me the game a lot more palatable. Because then I was like, okay, yeah. if this if I did have to do what I do in most most games and go back to the beginning of the level or back even to a checkpoint, I would probably have shut the game off. But I I will say I I get reading the room and thinking that no one's gonna agree with me. I had I I had fun playing this game. I really did. I and I and I one hundred percent agree with all the bad things we're saying about it. I don't I, I don't want to spoil of the anything. lack of. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to color my view so fast. I'm not. I'm not saying whether I had a good or okay, bad time. Right. I'm more curious though because we've been talking about this continues thing since like the first launch games for the NES. We finally have seen a game that practices unlimited continues with almost no repercussion. How do we feel about that? Now that we're seeing it in practice, would you have wished that other games would have handled it this way? I think it just feels a little out of place in terms of like where we are in this retrospective yeah. because I'm so used to it with games nowadays. Like I know in the last of us, as soon as you die, you get respawned yeah. like 15 feet behind you right. and you just keep going. Right. So I'm used to that. I just, it's just odd to do it in a game that looks and feels like this. Right. I, I do think that, like I said, it, it made this game because of the flaws in the game, more palatable to play. In general, I think that there's, like I said, a, a middle ground. Even even from The Last of Us, I think, as much as I love that game, I think that could benefit from more, a little more punishment. Just something to make the stakes higher. Yeah, because, I mean, you even keep uh, your the items you've collected yeah. uh, when yeah. you die. And so I think I'm, I'm agreeing with Joe on this. Not that you didn't say this, Sean. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just think, like... He just likes me better. You know, yeah, just to follow up with the point yeah. is that I think the middle room is that all games, in my opinion, and, you know, I understand why they didn't do this back then. We're looking at it, you know, 30 years later. All of these games should have unlimited continues. I think seeing unlimited continues in this game is like, yes, thank goodness I don't have to collect all that stuff again. Like, I yeah, already did yeah. it. I got the satisfaction of collecting it. The satisfaction of me beating games has nothing to do with how hard they are. Mm -hmm. I don't get satisfied by that. I get satisfied right. by, like, checking off the tasks. 
In this game, you collect the gems, then you collect the keys, then you beat the boss, and then you move on to the next level. Once I collect the gems, I don't want to do it again because I died. <laughs> That's true. You know? So I think that the the only the only alternative answer is like when you die, you also because there's no live system, it's more like an Odyssey Super Mario Odyssey system where you also lose like 20 gems and they go back mm. to like a different place or something. And maybe 20 yeah. is too much. Maybe it's just five. But like that's yeah. a that's a creative yeah. way. But you know that's a lot of programming to do. So I'm not <laughs> saying it was possible. I'm saying that's my 30 year later solve. Yeah. yeah. Like when I think of Ghost and Goblins, mm-hmm. granted didn't have that didn't have as much punishment as a lot of games on on the NS as far as like how far it sends you back. But um, I didn't mind. I mean, you know, it, it would get frustrating in like a good way when I died over and over again, had to keep doing the same part. But that's like you're learning that part, and you're like, okay, this is the part with the red devils, and this is this part. Obviously, there were flaws in that too. But yeah. uh, but the idea being that like I was okay with generally with retraversing those areas because they were still fun in this game if i had to go back and retraverse some of these areas i'd be like oh yeah this whole bland area again mm-hmm. and then i would get much more tired of it much sure more sure uh, ghosts and goblins though just to clarify i think is is still in line with what i'm thinking is, is a good recipe for this kind of game because that did have yeah, it had a um, couple of checkpoints too, and right? also like oh, yeah. unlimited continues in right. the sense of like it would take you back to the screen but you would you could start Right. right where you on, yeah. on the level right. that you were last on so that was yeah. still good and that's like a good punishment yeah. because it didn't like it wasn't like oh that red devil killed you well now you spawn right yeah. in front of that red devil again yeah. like, you know, <laughs> exactly like, it's, it's a good in between I'm also never an advocate of start the whole game over when you die like, right. that's no, I think that's, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is like the worst thing that we continually see on most of right. these NES games is like I, I know that that's like a this that's is a little off topic. No, I don't think it's okay. Though. No, 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 I don't oh, mean that. But your thoughts. What, what I'm yeah. about to say. I'd love to hear it. But what are your thoughts then on like uh, the ever-expanding genre of lo- of roguelike, li- roguelite, uh, like those kinds of games? Like What, uh, I, what I like about yeah. those games, um, and, and you can clarify for me, but for me, the, from the ones that I've played, is that with that... Every single time you play, it's mostly a new experience. Yes. There might be new items that you find as you're traversing through. The map layout might be different. The enemies you encounter might be different. So that's not as punishing because at okay. least I'm getting an entirely different experience. Yeah. When you're playing through Karate Kid and you <laughs> yeah, die and you have to start right. back at the beginning, you're just doing the same fights again I was just and again. Curious. When you say yeah. roguelike, are you talking about like procedurally generated? Like things? they're usually are. Like, okay. Yeah. Like um, Binding of Isaac. Binding um, of Isaac. Okay. Um, uh, the one I just played, uh, Streets of Rogue. Streets of Rogue. Okay. Um, but they're I mean, yeah, it's basically like a new experience, a very similar experience. But they also usually have like a. Uh, an overarching progression where you can unlock stuff after you die, but right or yeah, yeah. I, and I love that part too. Yeah. I think that's a that's a really interesting concept that I don't. I would love to see in some NES game. I don't know if we're ever going to see it, but it's this idea that like as you get like more experience playing the game, you unlock things that then can be found it, it, yeah. it, somewhere in the world of that game if you get like a lucky roll. Like I think that'd be really cool to see in a if a Legend of Zelda. Two proper to the Legend of Zelda one ever came out like a, like something like that where it's like hey now in your treasure chest in Dungeon One you might find this instead yeah, of that yeah. like that would that would have been really cool but that's kind of what Binding of Isaac is right yeah pretty much anyway yeah tangent no that's a tangent I think we're done with the continues too right nobody yes, else has any right. thoughts on that okay so now we can talk about the collecting parts uh, with the keys and gems and stuff like that. Did you guys find the keys hard to find? The gems are everywhere, obviously, so that's yeah. not a problem. 
I found like usually I would end up finding the keys and passing, and once in a while I'd, I'd have to go back, especially in like, I mean, in the first level, I think it was pretty, I just found them accidentally. Before I even knew I was looking for keys, I just started finding these. I was like, I'll pick that up. And then in later levels, I think I maybe had to like go seek them out. I'm like, wait, did I miss a key or something? Yeah. But otherwise, they, I didn't think they were like ever too difficult to find. It was just encouraged you more to explore. And I think that, well, I didn't have trouble finding them because it's a relatively small map. Um, I think that the level design, like the actual uh, creation of landmarks and recognizable uh, environment is not conducive to finding keys and then finding the door again because it just it looks all too samey to me uh to, whereas like if this if this map was any bigger it would be a problem because i wouldn't even know where the key i just found opens <laughs> yeah yeah and the, and the maps actually if you if you look at them online like now there's people who can capture the entire map yeah. and and lay it out for you if you look at them online they're really not that big i think the problem that we've already echoed is that they're very vertical so that yeah. that's when things become yeah. a problem but if you take your time and actually like look through every crevice as you're going through it, you really won't have a hard time finding anything in this yeah. game. It's not like yeah. any. That's what this game is missing as well. You know, and I'm sorry that I'm always bringing up criticisms. I, I do think this is an okay game, but it's also missing like a, a puzzle aspect to it. There's no like, oh, I see that. How do I get that? You know, there, yeah. there's nothing really like that in this game. You'll mostly just get things by exploring and noticing them and then like you know like i would have wished that some things would be hidden behind the items in the level themselves and and that's not really the case for most things yes there's a time where like you'll need to levitate or something like that but it's it's that's not really puzzle solving that's Mm -hmm. just more like a barrier thing that make sure you get that before you do this yeah it seems like this game could have just existed as not collecting gems but just get key open door and that the gems were just there to pad time um, because as as long as you had those barriers, if you were able to create a level that used those barriers a little bit more creatively than they, than they were in this game, it would have been just fine. I, you know what I'm Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And the gems are, the only reason why you have to collect them is because there's another knight who's red who looks just like you yeah. Yeah. that, like, wants a certain number of gems before you can get through. And it's like, yeah, dude, there's there's just women on the other side. Yeah, there's, there's why a, is this guy so powerful? I can't take him? Yeah, it doesn't look like you can take him. <laughs> no, you can't. Uh, and then he also has, like, a speech bubble box, but with nothing inside of it. Yeah. Like, what is, is that, like, yeah, is he supposed forgot. to say yeah. something? I think that's where, they're, where he's asking for gems. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. That makes sense. So then once you've fulfilled that, it just goes blank? Wait, doesn't it have like something a number like and then like a question mark or something? Once you've fulfilled that, he's just gone, right? No, he's not gone. He he just le- he just leads... He, he slays he, he, down. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, seriously, like he just puts his weapon down. Like his knife, reason, I thought he was just, knife I, sword. I, I thought <laughs> he, he just wasn't there again when I went back to... <laughs> no, he's, I, I yeah. remember him being there. Okay. Like from, from what I played through. Yeah. We, oh, we played a different game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good, Joe. Uh, okay, and I'll just say about the collecting part of this game that that didn't bother me at all. Like, whether it was gems, keys, I would have actually liked to collect more different kinds of things, and maybe they unlock bonus rooms or something, you yeah. know, like like where a new power-up is, or, yeah, <laughs> stamps. <laughs> I would like to collect stamps, uh, old coins, <laughs> and newspapers. Uh, <laughs> No. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. But after you collect all that stuff, uh, you get to the boss fights of the game. 
But before you get to the boss fights, you're probably going to want to have some power-ups. So do we want to talk about the power-ups at all? They find them in the chests. Okay. Does anybody need a little refresher on what <laughs> power-ups were? There were boots of, There's a lot boots of, of yeah. walking. Boots of booting. Boots of walking on, on lava. Yeah. Right? Yes, There's the boots the, of walking the on lava. Boots of levitation. The boots of levitation. And then there's something of feather fall. You're, uh, feather. you're thinking of the feather of feather fall. Is it the feather? I was, I was gonna say that. I was like, no way. That's what it, it is. is. The potion, it's the potion of levitation. The potion of levitation. I love that they're right. just like using this very archaic like D and D naming <laughs> yes. situation. Yeah, but you also forgot the boots of force, boots which of allow you to kick. kick. Yeah. <laughs> so this you have to cycle through with select, and then you can. Um, you can have that uh, that power up be your thing. We talked about early on the dagger of throwing, yes. which is just a dagger that you throw, um, <laughs> and a then lot. the yes. battle axe of Agor, which is uh, actually named after somebody. Apparently, yeah, apparently named after someone, and it works just like the dagger of throwing, uh, and it even replaces it when you pick it up. But it does two damage uh, instead of, I guess, yeah. the the one damage that the dagger of throwing does. And is there so for a lot of these dagger of throwing? Is there one place to get the dagger of throwing? Or if you miss it, is that random? You, it's not random. Uh, it is it is determined by the chest. Okay. So, but um, but like if I miss it, because that's only in that first level, which is by the way the only level we've talked about so far. Which a lot of we'll these stuff. To, okay. We'll talk about. Okay, the I want to make sure. Worry. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I, I think to your point, it's like. Uh, once you get those things, they can be swapped with something. So if you have the dagger of throwing and then you get the battle axe, it's like right. you probably missed your chance to get another dagger of throwing unless it's hidden in another chest gotcha, somewhere yeah. else. Hmm. There's also uh, some special equipment that we talked about, like the the lava walking and the boots of lava walk and the boots of force. That you can only have one of it each time. So you either have the boots of force or the boots of lava walk, but it's usually dependent on the... Yeah, level where you that are, you're yeah, in because right. you need the boots yeah. of lava walk to you, walk on but lava. here's the thing <laughs> you you really don't need them because when you you can walk on them and still get hurt and you can walk for quite a long time and then when you die you respawn right where you died so it, it, that does honestly that's just like dawning on me now how broken that is like i was doing that not realizing that i was just breaking the game but you I really guess don't need like the, the, the boots they, of lava i guess it just the they're depending on you're not wanting to die. Uh, you know, I think what they're it. depending on for me was my not wanting to hear the close to death music over the <laughs> like that was like my biggest concern just jump when I into lost somebody. health. I would be like, ah, oh, I don't want to hear this music again. I just die on purpose to hear the good music again. <laughs> So we talked about the forest of Elrond, right? And that was um, with the, the with the skull, the floating mm-hmm. skull as the boss. Did you get to that part, Sean? I did get to that okay. part. I Fantastic! Beat him. Yeah. Um, the skull b- bounces along the floor and then spits projectiles at you. I don't really care about these boss fights to yeah, begin I'm with, but good. also the bosses as themselves are very unimaginative. It's yeah. a it's a skull. It's a bat. It's a rock spirit, is how it's referred to in the manual. Um, I do like the apparition. The like, the like, the uh, phantom looking thing. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I like that. that was do a cool. little dance. He doesn't do a dance. Oh. Uh, surprisingly, yeah, actually, yeah, I don't. Usually, like they all dance uh, <laughs> except for him. Um, he, uh, what does he do? He still fires projectiles and stuff. I feel like they all kind of do like their own version of projectiles and stuff like that. <laughs> 
But it's a different sprite. Yeah, I yeah the, just a I, different you know, sprite. At least the bat seemed like it was doing something different to me. Where it, on your way, the, on your way to the bat, there are bats on the ceiling that come down as your. The motifs are fine. The, the motifs <laughs> right, are fine. Right. I'm talking about like just like in terms of inventiveness, you know, like in Castlevania, there was this idea behind the bosses that they would all be from like universal horror oh, films right. and yeah. stuff like that and that was fun so it was but okay they also had like a different mechanic that they used right yeah. right I'm, for this it's like is this the best we have is like you know oh you finished the skull how about you deal with a giant right. spider it's a, yeah because <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the one we're missing right skull spider then bat right it's, well it's skull bat rock spider oh okay yeah, oh, yeah. the giant spider is right before you get to the castle mustard <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's right before you get to the castle, and then at the castle right. you fight uh, what is referred to as a growing skeleton because he starts off really small and then gets mm. bigger and bigger, and then finally so, like you get more to... bones or just bigger bones? Um, no, he uh, <laughs> bigger bones. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He drinks milk uh, yeah. throughout the boss. Uh, right, uh, yeah, right on screen. He's <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole yeah, thing to... was actually an advertisement for that campaign. Yeah. To your guys' point, at least the first three bosses. It's the same fight. Yes, but I, what I was getting at was the, the at least leading up to the second boss. Uh, I didn't. I, I was actually having some trouble on those bats that are on the ceiling because they they come down and they follow you. And and as you go, there's like there's like twenty of them. So you have to like take out one at a time as much as you can. The further you go, the more bats come at you, and la- the later bats take more hits. So by the end, you need to hit three bats, and there's like ten of them on the screen. Is it, They're just killing you. Right. Is it possible, though, that you are just continuously walking to the right throughout this whole portion? Uh, I mean, you could. You could. That's what you do no, at no, first. I'm saying, you no, no, I'm saying, like, I, I'm saying that I would just take care of them at a time. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I did. Okay. Um, but that, even that was tough, because if you step accidentally a little too far, one comes down. Right. And when they attack you, hitting them three times, there's no, you know, you don't, there's no, like, Kickback kick on the back, enemy, right, so you right. hit it once, and it's still going to hit you. Take down three of your limited, what ten health. So then you got to hit it again. Hits you again. That's another six. So you got to be very careful as you're doing it. And what's weird is, is like you stab a bat, you think it's dead, right? Right. right. Like, not those are your bats. Not the ones that live deeper in the cave. Those yeah. are. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm thinking like knife resistant bats. Right. Exactly. But we so we've talked about some of the bosses, but we haven't really talked about the levels. And I think there's a great motif with the map uh, of going through. First, you go through the forest, and there's two forest stages. Get the then you ice, get to the ice cave, icy boys. And am I crazy or is this slippery? It's a little slippery. I, I think it's didn't real. Notice. I did notice. I, I, it's, it's more apparent when you're trying to jump onto a ledge that has a slope you know, next to it. Maybe that's where I noticed that slipperiness yeah. that I was talking about before. Yeah. I, just didn't, I just thought that was the whole I game. Also, I was just being quiet. I didn't notice any kind of slipperiness in the, yeah. uh, Maybe in the that, first level. I, I, I do, the part I'm talking about where I kept trying to jump and kept missing yeah. was in that level. I, I, I didn't was, even I remember connect it with the ice. Yeah, there's a lot of them in that stage where it's just like, am, am I supposed to get back yeah, up there or am right. I permanently locked there, out of that yeah, area? There was one part in particular I kept getting really, really close to... I was trapped, so I knew I had to go back. Kept, kept getting really close, and I was pretty close to resetting the game, thinking I locked myself in an impossible place. <laughs> and then I got it, and I was like, oh, it is possible. So after the ice cave, Sean, you're our billiards expert. You're our NASA guy. <laughs> You're our Mr. Science, okay? okay, okay. Billiards are part of science. Yes. You're Mr. Science. The geometry. Would a ice cave be geographically located right next to a lava cave? See, what, what, what it could be is there is a massive air conditioner between the two. 
Mm-hmm. And what an air conditioner does is it it cycles it cycles uh, temperature gradients, um, and it could make the ice cave more icy and the lava cave more lava-y. We got if it. If it's big enough. Okay. If, yeah. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, Malkil is like a wizard. I was just going to say, you're probably probably forgetting the second paragraph of the manual. (laughs) He is wizard Malkil. (laughs) (laughs) That's written like Bible. You know? (laughs) He was was also so great that, in fact, even the renowned Merlin was his pupil. But alas... I don't know, I'm just reading out of the manual. <laughs> no, I know. Now. I think it's funny that, like, uh, the guy who wrote the manual is, like, listening to this episode, and he thought that we were done, like, 20 yeah, minutes ago, and then all of a sudden, you start yeah. reading it again, and he's, like, he's like sweating bullets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, manual writer. <laughs> he's I like, it. I have a real job now. Like, I didn't say anything bad about it there. I just said he is wizard mail kill. <laughs> he is wizard <laughs> I am legion. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's the ice cave, the lava cave, and then what what is only referred to as the purple cave. <laughs> so I like how like there's a motif. It's gave me like, elements, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Earth <laughs> in the first one. Ice, fire, and purple. <laughs> purple is and what's funny is is like purple doesn't have anything going for it other than the fact that like as far as like a motif goes, other than the idea that the apparition, who is that like Grim Reaper, ghost, ghoul style mm-hmm. thing, wears a purple robe. So clearly he would live in the purple right. cave. Yeah. Every boss always color codes yeah. their uh, their sections by where they are. Um, wow. So so that's all that. Uh, you get through all of that. Is there anything that we would have liked to see? Other elements or other Other spines? colors. Other colors. <laughs> you know, there's green is used in the forest. Blue is used in the... So in what the would be cave. a yellow stage? The oh, sun. Yeah. Uh, or a desert. It. Or it's yeah. a oh, field right. of dandelions. Wheat. I would have actually appreciated a desert. Yeah, desert so would have been cool. Forest. It should An have been... underground like, desert? No, you could come out from the oh, caves. Okay. Yeah, it should have it should have been like forest, ice cave, desert, lava cave, and then um purple cave. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> purple cave which would obviously leave you lead you right back to the same forest. This is the weird thing about the map is that the map only lets you go under the trees, if you're looking, if you're thinking about the map, you, you're climbing in those trees, but you're actually going down through the roots. You're going as a, you're making a giant U to yeah. get to the other side of the castle. Whereas the map clearly shows that if you just would have kept walking right, <laughs> you would show up to the castle. Yeah, but then you got to deal with that much more forest. I mean, it, maybe it's maybe there's like a big rock in the way. I'm thinking like besides a, a, a big yeah. rock makes but it was, sense. It, but it, it got there after the map was made. Yeah. So, like, it's not on the map. I'm also just thinking that maybe that, like, you know, because the spire of the top of the castle is so tall that, like, he would have seen you coming and you want the element uh, of surprise. Right. So you're going to yeah. come from the area right next to him with all the bushy trees. Right. Okay. It's yeah. like the Lord of the Rings Eagles argument. The classic Lord of the Rings Eagles argument. Everybody knows that argument. (laughs) Uh, And so you get to the castle exterior, and this is actually really cool when you're climbing up the castle, and they have, like, you actually see these really nice, like, 
like shadow elements of the of the other spire casting yeah. on there and like the triangles are really right. smooth and you see <laughs> <laughs> and you see the like bricks moving in and out in 3D space that you yeah. jump on yeah wow, the you really fun. missed the best part of this yes, game the, the triangles, smooth triangles the, the smooth <laughs> triangles that will blow your mind and it's just shading it's just a shading trick but it's but it's actually some of the it's best beautiful. sprite work we've seen <laughs> ever on the on the NES oh, okay. not ever but um, definitely some of the best bright work we've seen on the NES. Yeah. People who've got into the Catholic exterior will know exactly what I'm talking about. Shout out. You know what it reminded me of? This is just because of my own personal experience and no other reason is that the level of Crash Bandicoot slippery climb we are climbing the castle is very, very similar. No one's played. Yeah, Crash nobody Bandicoot. in this room but me I've has played. played. No, I've I, played know, Crash just, I just wanted to make Joe feel weird. I just uh, well, to it's, you, you succe- succeeded. Okay, I can't I'm even. Talk I just don't remember that level. Otherwise, I'd agree with you. I'm uh, sure it's a it's a good level. One yeah. of my favorites. It's okay. So you get to uh, the interior of the castle. You fight the growing skeleton. Otherwise, mostly the game is still at the same difficulty as most of it, and there's no real punishment. So just continue yeah. on yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to trek through it, uh, and you'll get to your face off with Malkil. He is a like wizard, all decked out in pink, so he's not scary at all. Um, in fact, uh, now I'm starting to question: Am I the bad guy? <laughs> Uh, he kind of looks like Gandalf a little bit, right? With the staff and everything, I didn't and the long beard. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I didn't get yeah. to him either. I'm going to reveal. Yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, I actually. It's not that we couldn't get to him. I want to make it clear. I didn't have the patience to continue yeah. to play this game forward. I, I know. I did actually still want to keep playing. I but then I. I tried to leave my system on, and I shut it off, and I didn't really want to go back through the whole game right. again. The same Understood. thing I was saying. If I was punished to go back through the whole game, I wouldn't want to do you it. You wouldn't want and to do it, And that was right. proof. Can I just um, say real quick that it, I think it's weird that, like, yeah, you've got you've got to save the princess, but all of the other women that you find throughout this game are just sort of incidental. Yeah, like, you're you like, yeah, well, since I'm here, yeah. I guess I'll, I'll untie you, but that's it. Like, you're on your own. Yeah, it's like, place. I was like, like oh, I could I, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. I think maybe they just wanted to show you that Malkil is like, yeah. he's not playing around. Maybe he's it, done yeah. this before. Okay. He's captured other women. didn't know that, any, that there were other people captured. You're like, oh my God, you're captured too? They're like named characters. I know. Though. Yeah, like Penelope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe it, Penelope is the other knight's like lady, you know, like, and you're oh, finally right. like rescuing them. Right. Okay. The one thing that I have to mention with the battle with Malkil is that the room that you're in, you'll never know it by, by playing the game. But if you actually like get the map data, it's like a very, very cartoon skull. Uh-huh. Like, uh, like with, with the eyes and everything. And it, it's actually like kind of funny. Cause, <laughs> and, and I think that that's weird. But Malkil works in a very weird way that he teleports throughout the room. But it's not like um, – actually, it's kind of like Ganondorf, I guess. But the idea is that, like, wherever Malkil will teleport to will usually be, like, near you. And so if you move around the room a lot, you're not helping your odds of finding him. So you actually want to, like, when he teleports, you actually want to do the opposite of looking for him. And you just want to kind of stay still <laughs> until he reveals himself to you yeah. again. And then so you just, like, like attack, 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 like, as fast as you can. And yeah. And and um, I think they some, some guide online said that you want the boots of force for this battle. And I'm not sure why. Like, uh, it says... You Oh, it says he won't avoid any particular locations just because you're there. You can even use the boots of force to kick him when he arrives. Aww. I like the idea yeah. that, like... It's, like, it's just, like a, it's just like a personal thing. Yeah. You just, like, you just, you just, like, like yeah, one I'm kick. kick this guy. You just nudge him. 
<laughs> and that's uh that's the game. That's it. That's it. Uh you you um you defeat Malkil, the usual supply of things appear, and then what's different is that killing Malkil doesn't provide you with a pile of treasure, but instead it gives you the blue key, which you can escape from the room in the lower right corner. And, which is what the blue key requires. And then once you do, you'll rescue the princess and earn a 100,000 point bonus, which is quite a hefty bonus. Wow. And, um, and then Where the can you spend end. the points? You can't spend oh, the points yeah. anywhere. Okay. Uh, yeah. You register your initials. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. And uh, I don't know who, I guess like, you know, the game is, like I said, if it's only 45 to 50 minutes if you know what you're doing, I guess you could try to yeah. get a new high score each time. But I don't care about high scores that I never have and I never will. Um. So that's that's wow. This you guys have lost your energy all of a sudden. I, I don't. This is Wizards and Warriors. Wizards <laughs> and Warriors. Yeah. I will mention uh, on the cutting room floor of this game is that there was a map, uh, special item fully programmed into the game. Uh, you can still find it if you use like Game Genie or whatever, but you can't get it through normal means in the game. What you would do is you would press select and it would bring up the map screen at any time rather than just at the beginning of the level. The map would then track where you are in the level. Oh. It would have come in handy in the early part of the game when you're trying to like collect things. Uh, and then the, um, the person notes, especially in the purple caves. I don't remember why in the purple caves. I guess mm. it was just like everything's More purple so it's harder thing. to yeah. navigate <laughs> yeah. yeah, where you are. So that would have been nice. Uh, were there any other like power ups that we didn't see that we would have liked to see or quality of life improvements? We talked about the biggest ones. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I just think that this game could have really done with a, some better attack animations. Or yes, I, I just a lunge. Any kind of any kind of feeling power aside from your really heavy boots. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. As I mentioned that the music was done by David Weiss, um, I did check a interview that he did with OC Remix, which is a fantastic oh. website that uh, does like a you know basically user created remixes of video games, and you can basically search for your favorite games, and the chances are someone has done a remix of a song for that game, like even very obscure ones. So this was DJ Pretzel, and he wrote to David uh, in the interview. You started writing the main Wizards and Warriors theme when you were in, still in school as a means of using arpeggios to suggest a chord progression. Relative to the elaborate soundtracks being composed for big-budget Hollywood-scale games these days, this theme is relatively simple, yet more gamers remember it and remixers arrange it than many modern scores. Is simple better? David responds. Simple is always better. For something to sound simple, there has usually been a whole development cycle behind it. When I hear a piece of music and think I could have done that, I now think there has probably been a very involved process to hone down the melody to get to the final result. In the early days of video game music, with the limited resources we had at our disposal, the melody was incredibly important. To some extent, this has been taken over by other musical elements. That, in an ideal world, we would have liked to have used way back when we only had three channels. Yeah. I I mean, I don't remember the music from this game, so I can't really comment on the quality of it. 
but it, it whenever I think about uh music composition for uh for machines this powerful, whether it's like the C sixty four or the NES or even as far up as the uh as a Super NES, um it's amazing what they could do with all of with, with the limited resources that they had. Um but uh yeah, I just don't remember the music. <laughs> See, I, I made I made a crack earlier about about dying on purpose to not have to hear the low on health music, but that wasn't so much about the that being bad. It wasn't my favorite for sure, but it was that I really did like the regular music in the different caves. Oh, okay. and, and I think even in the forest, I like that the first track. Yeah. It was, it's a little short of a loop, so I think it got repetitive. But but I liked the the music overall. Yeah, and I I think one thing that should be echoed is the um you know this just, this doesn't just apply to music I think this applies to everything the whole uh I could have done that thought and oh like, yeah usually if mm-hmm. you have that thought it's like chances are if you think you could do it it's a lot harder to yeah, be the first yeah. one to do it you know I always think about that with art even as a lot of people are like oh that's art I could do that but it's like but you didn't you didn't you, you didn't do, do it, it. You can that's always it. the end of the conversation right, right. and I don't I don't even see that as like a slap to the face of the people I mean that more in like a really think about like what that means and how like some of the best works of uh, or most remembered works of art in history usually have to do more with the idea of how they resonate with a larger group of people it doesn't mean that they're necessarily the best they're just what like what has become public consensus because it's it resonates with more people and I think that's why David okay. thinks simple is better because you can communicate bigger. You can communicate with a bigger audience when your ideas stay simple but remain effective. Yeah, but I think that even anything, just because it sounds simple or it looks simple, doesn't mean that it is. Totally. Like any kind of it, a one note leading into another may be super easy if you're just playing those two notes, but in the larger whole. It, to, to, yeah, to make something simple sound good, yeah, probably takes a lot. Exactly. Of, who knows? But probably yeah. takes a lot more thought. Oh, it and, does. And creativity yeah. than something that's more yeah. complex. Exactly. All right, and now we'll just briefly do the uh, sequels and spinoff section. I say briefly because we have to play most of these games in this <laughs> section uh, for future episodes, so we're not really going to get into them. But just to look ahead, in 1989, so not uh, we're in 87, this is the last game of 87, so not next year, but the year after, uh, Iron Sword, Wizards and Warriors 2 is going to come out. And then in 1992, one year after the Super Nintendo has released, uh, Wizards and Warriors 3, Kuros, Visions of Power, and that's with... Uh, Two colons in that title. Uh, Wizards of Wizards and Warriors wow. three colon <laughs> Kuros colon Visions of Power colon Redemption. <laughs> so those are the two NES games that make up the trilogy. However, there's also a Game Boy game that came out in 1990 called Wizards and Warriors ten or X. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think it's funny that like we would go up to you know if we're doing the Roman numeral system, it's like where did four through nine go? Uh, Wizards and Warriors X. The Fortress of Fear, and uh, it plays just like all the other Wizards and Warriors games. Nothing too much to say about that. Um, but are we looking forward to seeing how Wizards and Warriors two and three um, improve the system? I'm hoping for improvement. Yeah, yeah. I I think that because I mean just from my my background knowledge, I feel like these are pretty popular series, right? Wizards and Warriors. I've never heard of it before, before we were assigned to this game. Really? <laughs> really? I, oh, I had, interesting. It's funny because I had heard really, really good things about this game, which really? is why I was a little let down when I played it 
Interesting. Uh, yeah, I, and I, you know, Wizards and Warriors sold so well that it's actually like a pretty common find for like NES people who do like garage sales or look on huh. eBay. Like it's pretty cheap, all things considered, because so many people bought a copy. So I had this game like when I was like sixteen. Wow. Like I, 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 I never really played it. I just collected NES games, but uh, this was one that I already had in my catalog. Wow. Uh, and then the last thing that's not a sequel or a spinoff, but is worth mentioning, is the um, Wizards and Warriors Worlds of Power book. Uh, the Worlds of Power book, um, there was a couple of other NES games that got this treatment, but they are like chapter books that you could get in like Scholastic, if you remember that, <laughs> like uh, from the school yeah. and, and things. Uh, they would have them at like book fairs or whatever. Right. Uh, it basically would take the idea of the Wizards and Warriors story, but usually take someone from like the real world and put them into that. So here's the little log line featuring for you. like Kobe Bryant. Or so it, no, 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 like featuring regular people. Uh-huh. So like Matthew, this is the log line from the actual book. Matthew, an ordinary guy, finds himself in the middle of a quest full of danger—a quest through caverns of fire and ice, forests and treacherous castles. Purple. All the while fighting against a wizard with terrifying powers. I I get it. I think that's a cool idea for like a an anthology of of kids books. But I just think that Wizards and Warriors is yeah. so rote of a concept that that could be anything. Yes, that, no, I, what I described to you was nothing. They didn't yeah. even use Malkil's right. name or anything. Yeah. They didn't use Excalibur. Anyway, that's not the point. Apparently, people loved. This book, they were, they have fond memories of the Wizards and Warriors uh, Worlds of Power book. So, all right, there's that. It also included game hints upside down. So, if you wanted to uh-huh. not be spoiled, you didn't have to worry about it. But if you flipped your book upside down, you could read game hints on how to actually play Wizards and Warriors and little tips. Okay, so that's nice. Yeah. But you know what's nicer? The essential games, games list. list. All right, is that time? Wizards and Warriors, last game of '87. Just tell me if it's essential, but also your thoughts if you have any. Sean? Uh, I think this game commits uh, too many errors in terms of, like, essentially, like, game feel. I know that's a pretty... It's an overused term in, in, like, the criticism community, but this game just doesn't have it, uh, to me, at least. Um, So, all other criticisms aside, that was probably my biggest problem with it. So, no, it's not essential. So like I said, I had heard a lot of really good things about the game, which which led me to go in with really high expectations, which were immediately let down. But then after that, as I was playing, I did I, I do want to say we, we gave this game a lot of a lot of, a lot of uh, flack, but uh, I I did have fun playing this game, and I probably would have continued had I been able to continue from where I was. But there's just too many things that that it does wrong, it, like particularly some of, some of the things with the platforming and areas feeling samey and stuff that it just doesn't it definitely does not merit a, a an essential vote for me okay uh and i think that for viewers that have been wondering um how i feel about the game i am uh i'm, I'm putting this in like the middle of all nes games i've played there there <laughs> are some things i like about it and it's a very like relaxing nes game so i definitely think it's like Try it. Like, it might be for you. There's really nothing to lose because the game isn't that punishing. It's relatively easy. You you could beat it. I just didn't really feel the need to. Uh, but all that said, I really don't know. I don't think that an, there could have been enough improvements. Like, this would almost have to be a, a relatively different kind of game 
for me for it to get on my essential games list. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Wizards and Warriors 2, given that it will have two years yeah. uh, to fix these things. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. But I can't help but feel like knowing that this one got a positive reception, that they're gonna Rare's gonna learn the wrong lessons <laughs> from this game and um and improve things other than the kind of things we wanted them to improve. But I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong. I, I'm not looking at Wizards and Warriors two at all until we play it. I just wanna mention one last thing uh, about just the concept of difficulty and and continues. Uh I think it's hard to really argue for one side or the other unless you really are just a masochist that wants the most challenge possible. But there, I don't know what games like this need to balance actual stakes that make you want to overcome uh, uh, challenges and being more gentle to the player. And where where like the marriage of those two ideas makes a compelling experience because. This game was so forgiving that you could you could just not fight anything, and I think that that was also like a problem. And I think yeah. that that will be a problem for future games as well. That that you choose to go this more uh, um, friendly route, if you agree. So, some people yeah. hate to hear this, but lately Nintendo has been doing like the like an assist mode of yeah. sorts for most of their games. It's like. You don't even really have to play the game, but you know what? That's that mode that was never designed for people who are gamers. You know, that yeah. mode was designed for like three year olds who think Mario is like fun and cute, but they have no idea how to play a video right. game. So yeah. they use the assist mode instead to get all the feel of playing a video game before they like eventually they'll grow up and learn how to play video games and this makes video games accessible to them. That's I have true. no problem with like a range of difficulty levels, and I think people who are get upset by an easy mode are like just not thinking the bigger picture through. But this game could have used two difficulties. Yeah. For yeah. sure. This game could have used and a, I, and again, like a I, normal and hard mode. And this could yeah. have been the normal mode. It definitely feels like... It didn't feel like baby mode to me. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, you could play the whole game without necessarily like killing too many things, but you'd have to have a big test of patience because yeah. you continuously die and just yeah. move a little bit forward. I, and I don't mind because a lot of games that I like to play are have strong stories or, or or pretend to have strong stories so i don't mind uh wanting an easier difficulty so you can experience a story but because this game it only has the challenge it has laid before you if you're not going to accept the challenge then what are you playing the game for yeah i mean i think you're completely right that that yeah. is that is one of the biggest problems is that there's like I said, with the lava thing. Like, why mm-hmm. is there even lava? I will just die. It'll take me one second to come back where I was with full health, and I'll keep walking along the lava. Yeah. It, it, there needs to be some sort of stake, some sort of stakes, but mm-hmm. um, I guess it's just finding that balance that's, yeah. that's difficult. All right, and that is all the time we have for this episode of Nostalgia, but please join us next week for our best of 1987 episode. It's sure to be a... Uh, lit. A good, yeah, it's sure to be lit. You know, why not? Um, it's <laughs> it, it's going to be crazy. Sean's going to do a backflip. I will, yeah, and you uh, will hear it. Yeah, oh, he's doing you, one right now. I'm not. I'm he gonna landed, save it for the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You save it <laughs> for a big episode. Um, Joe, he's, what will you be doing? You'll find the, out. You'll okay, find great. out the next episode if great. you watch. Everybody should have something up their sleeve for the yeah. next episode. I feel like uh, <laughs> Not we also have sleeves. more games than ever to cover in a single episode. Um, I 
think this this year, hold on, I have I actually have the count up. This year in 1987, we got 53 games. Um, so that's pretty crazy mm-hmm. because in 86, which would have been the most because 85 was only 17, in 86 we got, come on, come on, come on, come on, uh, 19. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, this is going to be a so little bit more this homework. Is, this is a little more homework. Uh, let's see, right off the top of your guys' heads, do you remember uh, Athena? I, yeah. yeah, I do. And Elevator Action? Yes. Of course, who could okay. forget what about Alpha Mission? I remember playing a game called that. I yeah. can't remember, I remember which one it was. Yeah, which one <laughs> I, I can't remember if I played that one or not. But. There's a difference also between like remembering like, oh yeah, that's a shmup. And yeah. actually like oh, that was knowing. With the cursor, right? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I got it. The cursor it, yeah. for the selection of yeah. your power-up. I'm Michael Esposito. You can find me on at Esposito Film on Twitter. Make sure to tell everyone you know about nostalgia, including your dog. Your dog's awesome. Don't leave him out. Um, he understands you. Even if you don't think you can understand us, just stop being selfish, unplug your headphones, and blast this shit. <laughs> you know? Like, seriously. There's people on the subway blasting music. Why don't you just blast nostalgia to fight them back? <laughs> We're the number four dog podcast in the United States. <laughs> they don't know. That, like, they only listen to it via one iPod from 2007. So the the our listen count is way off. But we're still up there. Yep, absolutely up there. Uh, woof, woof to all my doggos out there. <laughs> okay? And meow if you're a cat. Meow.